Welcome to Law Light, a quick dose of legal levity as we shine some light on the heartbeat of the legal field. Hi, I'm Melinda Delmonico, CEO of Gibson Arnold & Associates. And today I'm here with Didi Norman, Director of Talent Acquisition, Partners in Mergers and Acquisition for Gibson Arnold. Welcome to our Partner on the Move series. And our topic today is the classy exit, transitioning with grace. So we're at the point now where I'm a law firm and I've extended an offer to you and you're the partner. I am so excited about my offer to you. I've spent a lot of time evaluating numbers. I've looked at your practice. I've introduced you to my team. And I am absolutely thrilled that I may have the opportunity for you to join my team. And so now as the partner receiving the offer, what's going on? What's going on in your head? What is your mindset today? (laughs) (laughs) There could be a lot of things going on. Um, One of them is, oh, the rubber's meeting the road now. (laughs) I actually have to do this. I actually have to give notice. I have to tell my co-workers. I have to talk to my associate. I have to address this with my clients. Whoa! <laughs> um, it uh, it can create some anxiety and trepidation sometimes, even if you've been so excited all along the process. Um, it, it can bring up a lot of emotional baggage around change sometimes. And it's it's similar to a roller coaster where it can elicit feelings of excitement and fear all at the same time. Uh, we react differently to things we decide are excite, exciting and things that we're fearful of. So I invite you to decide it's exciting <laughs> <laughs> because things definitely can come up. Um, I will say one of the things I highly recommend examining is what happens if you tell your firm you're leaving and they come up with a counteroffer? What if they match what the new firm is bringing you? I think it's it's good to prepare for that. I think it's good to, in advance, know all of the reasons you're making this move because I promise you it's not just because of financial reasons. Part of it is because there are issues with your firm that have been addressed with a new firm and money isn't going to change that. So I think that you need to be very, very clear about why you're making this move in case you get a counteroffer that that matches what this new firm is bringing to the table. And if you feel there's a chance you would stay, don't ever sign a new partnership agreement. <laughs> Just don't sign it. <laughs> well, that's a, it's a really interesting point because statistically, 70% of the time when someone decides to remain in a job, they end up leaving within a year. I know that statistic very well. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's important to reflect on that to your point of really understanding what is driving you. And when you've gone through the process, there are other reasons that are causing change. And sometimes I hear feedback from partners that, that have decided not to move and to stay, that the firm is going to address their different issues. 
And the question that I would have on that is maybe that is the case, but on the other hand, is there a track record of addressing your issues? Right. Absolutely. And and chances are there's not. And you're hopeful. <laughs> but at that point, you also need to consider you may have just burned a bridge. You may not ever be able to go back to the firm uh, that extended an offer um, that you declined at the end. So you need to be fairly sure that you're not just hopeful because it's easier to stay because you don't want to settle. You went to law school. (laughs) You put a lot of time and effort into this and passing the bar in order to become the attorney you knew you could be. For some reason, you don't feel that you're being that attorney at your current firm. And you want to really consider that. You don't want to settle. You want to make sure that you're thriving and you're supported in the way that you need to be supported financially, uh, with assistance, and every way a firm can support you and your clients. You know, it's interesting. when you What's arising for me in listening to you talk about this is when you talk about thriving and being in a supportive environment and what where you are, I think about some of the reasons why lawyers make change, and we've talked about that on previous podcasts. But one thing that comes to mind is we hear the partner who does want to make a change, but they want to go in-house, or they think they want to go in-house. And I think that it's a really good point to just bring up at this point of transition. When you are transitioning to another law firm, you are really enjoying your clients, you love being an entrepreneur and having um, having a lot of autonomy on creating. And I think in-house opportunities can be very good for people um, for a variety of different reasons. But I, I just want to touch on that just for one moment, only because I've seen lawyers go from law firms who are thriving partners to in-house roles. And it's not exactly what they expected. And for others, it's brilliant, mm-hmm. right? Right. Maybe they go in as general counsel because it's one of their clients and they're on the management team. Right. For others, it can be a little bit mixed because companies, just like law firms expand, companies are trying to expand as well. And part of that for them could be an acquisition. And then they leave the city that you're in. Right. And you have to make a decision if you're going to move with them or not and your kids are in school, right? You don't have as much control. Whereas a law firm... A lot of them have offices all over the country. Right, <laughs> so right. You can, you can transition to another office. Um, so there's a lot of dynamics, but I only preface that because if you find yourself as a partner and you're unhappy and you think that in-house is what you need to do, it may not be that. It may be that you really are an entrepreneur. You just need a different platform. That is such an amazing point, and I also want to bring up that so much easier to transition from a law firm to in-house than it is to go from in-house back to private practice. (laughs) It can be a very difficult move to get back because you've lost your book of business. Yeah, it is. It it, it can be done, but it can be very challenging Mm -hmm. for that and reconnecting because a lot of times you've handed your clients off to your peers. Right. Yeah, yeah. So... For the folks that are now, we're ready to transition. Right. <laughs> Things are going well. 
I, I want to preface the, the point of, you know, maybe thinking through, and we'll just call it the checklist, right? The mm-hmm. checklist of transition. Sure. And the firms that we work with, these international firms, domestic firms, the ones that have been around for a while and have done this, they've created integration plans. Mm-hmm. They actually even have people with on their, on their teams that are focused on helping partners integrate into their culture. Mm-hmm. And, and with that, I think with your preparedness as the partner, what are some things that you need to be aware of in order to connect with that integration? Oh, absolutely. I think that for many attorneys, part of the reason they're moving is to better accommodate their clients. So maybe there are practice areas that their clients need. You want to look at who who do I want to meet? Who do I need to get to know that I'm going to be handing some of this work off to? I want to know who I need to meet, who I want to visit with. Um, do I feel more comfortable meeting them in person if they're in Detroit? Or do I feel like a video conference is fine to meet someone? You want to take a look at what's going to make you feel more comfortable. What do you want to have a successful integration into this new firm? So take a look at what it is that you feel you need for your clients, who they're going to be working with. You want to get to know them before you introduce them to your clients. So that's one of the things that you want to look at as far as integration goes. Yeah, and I think by communicating with the firm, the firm is going to provide a list of how they see integration and try to help you with that as well. But to be able to have your own integration plan and to focus on those points, like you're saying, what, who are the people that I'll be working with? Who are the associates I'll be connecting with ultimately? Who's supporting me, right? Uh, are there... Do I need to address clients in a certain way? Kind of thinking through your client base and how are you going to be communicating with them going forward once you transition? You know, thinking about those various aspects of what's important to you in a move. Are you bringing your furniture? Or are you not bringing your furniture? Right. You know, there's like yes. little things that that have become bigger, but you want to make your life as easy as possible in that transition. And firms will have that integration plan, but for you to create your own and then match it to the firms can be really helpful. Absolutely, and it's helpful for the firm. It's helpful for them. They want you, they have a vested interest in you integrating as seamlessly as possible. So any information you can give them, they appreciate. And a big part of the business, uh, the big part of the integration is a business plan. You know, outlining for yourself, what do you see happening in the next three months, in the next six months, in the next 12 months, initially with starting with a new firm, and the firms will also help with that as well, because to your point of who you're going to meet, part of that is educating partners around an international law firm and what you do. So not only are you giving them work, but there are going to be, let's say that you're a trial lawyer and the corporate partners are the ones that maybe will hand you some trial work. You know, you're going to have your own book of business, but at the same time, maybe you need to meet them from that perspective and also for you to bring the corporate to your clients and have that integration um, with your move. Absolutely. And I know that we've touched on this in another podcast episode, but as far as uh, the timing on that and talking to your clients and so forth, if you're a litigator, obviously there are times where you've got a space in between cases you're trying go for it. (laughs) 
But in most cases, you're going to be in the middle of a lot of different things. I promise you there's no ideal time to make that move. It's kind of ripping off the band-aid, making your change known to those who need to know, making the change known to your firm, to your support staff, to your clients, and so forth. And there will be some detangling of what's going to be the work that goes to the new firm and what stays. So there's going to be sort of the untangling of that. Um, Law firms are used to having to do that. Moves are made all the time. Um, It doesn't need to be a source of anxiety, but just know that there's going to be that process. There's not going to be a time when you have no new new work (laughs) and all of it's completed usually um, and that's how you know that's when I'm going to make the decision that's when I'm going to make the transition it doesn't work like that and I think additionally the financial detangling because some firms are on a calendar fiscal year and others have a fiscal year somewhere during the year Mm -hmm. right and and you may have money being paid out at a certain time and so timing comes into play with that or let's say that you have some sort of contingency matter that you've earned over many many years that's paying out firms will carve that out yes as well yes so there's a lot of different financial pieces too that you can look at in your plan and how how that's going to work and ultimately it will all work out <laughs> and you will benefit from the move when you've determined that it's best for your practice Another part of the checklist is I think it's important to be prepared when you are making the move that when you give notice to your firm that you are ready to leave within 24 hours. And the reason I say that is a lot of partnership agreements, you need to give two weeks notice or a month notice or some sort of period of time of notice. All partnership agreement points need to be honored, but at the same time, the firm may choose that they don't want you to stay. And that happens quite often, and it's not personal, (laughs) but that's a business decision as well. They want to have the least amount of disruption in their own firm as possible, and sometimes that is for them, okay, then, then go, but do it quickly. And so the other part of the exit, gracefully, would be your messaging. Uh, you, when, you, when you're leaving and exiting, what is your messaging to your clients? Do you have your letters prepared to reach out to them or the phone calls that you're making? Do you have messaging to the team members that you had worked with to say goodbye? Because you're not allowed to, to let them know that you're looking during that process, mm-hmm. unless they're part, other partners you can do that, but not with others in a firm. Right. Ethically, it should be a surprise for yeah. them. <laughs> it should be a surprise. So you know, the messaging that you're giving and how you're leaving things. And I always find it's really important when you exit a particular employer to have as much generosity and um, clarity and gratitude. Oh, absolutely. And again, you never burn a bridge. Even if you were extremely unhappy with your firm or you felt like you had been wronged in some way, you need to take the high road. And all your obligations. Absolutely. And there's 
typically going to be a joint letter to your clients. It's not just going to be from you, even though they're your clients. You worked for this firm, so it'll usually be a joint letter from the two of you announcing your departure. And usually they're going to want that letter to go out jointly before you directly contact your clients about wanting them to move with you. So, Didi, are there any other points that that we you feel are, are important for considering either in a mindset or in particular steps that need to be taken when transitioning? I think that even though it is not necessarily an easy feat to make a move, I think when you're clear that you've got this five-year plan and you know you're going to benefit from this move ultimately, and Although there are some things that you don't have control over, a lot of it you do. You know if you can benefit from this. You know if your clients can benefit from this. When you're clear about that, the rest is a matter of things to be worked out and all of it will be worked out. So even if there's a minutia of small items that have to be determined and worked out and it's one after the other as long as you're clear how much you're going to benefit it's just things to work out and all of it will work out you will benefit from this move and there's you know things to tie up loose ends to tie up and so forth so Didi, if someone is interested in making a a move who's listening to our podcast what's the best way to contact you I think that they can either give me a call at 303-595-3655 or they can reach me at dnorman at gibsonarnold.com. Thank you. And thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. And thank you to our audience for listening to our Partner on the Move series. And we look forward to joining you next time for another episode of Law Light. a brand new day and we'll be making history are you with me won't you stay we have come so far this is who we are and like the rising sun we have just begun to play our part this is the time we fall the chorus Lift your voice for those before us.